Previously on AFTN. I had no idea for a while there that he actually made dairy products. I didn't know that. And then one day I was in my garage, I saw something like powdered milk or something. It said Saputo on it. I go, what the hell is this? And then I looked it up. I go, I told I told my wife, we're not buying this stuff anymore. I think Figure it, another company that you I, want to buy. I think from. it was in the pre-MLS era. I once like went on the Southside forum and started a thread called Confessions or something. And <laughs> I was just like, I need to confess. I just bought like a bag of mozzarella Saputo cheese from Costco. <laughs> Again, and welcome to another episode of There's Still Time, the AFTN Soccer Show, broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of Beautiful British Columbia. And if you're listening to this show in the podcast, this is episode 305. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pander. And I'm Zachary Adam Eisenheimer. And I'm back this week from my sick bed. Not 100%. There's a good chance I might cough all the way through this. If you could just like maybe cough more towards Steve than towards I, I'll, yeah, because I got two days off. Yeah, so he he's fine. I've had this for two weeks, so you might need more than two two days off. I was forced to miss my first Whitecaps game since years? the twenty ten season. You missed Wednesday. I missed Wednesday because I was still sick. Oh well, you didn't. You didn't miss. Much. No, but we, we got my we got moved uh, close uh, more to the center. We had like 50-yard line seats. Oh. There was, there was no that few there? media? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was yeah. it nice? Was it nice, Steve? Yeah. Did you feel special? Oh, I did. <laughs> if you could only see the big smile on Steve's it's face. It's fantastic. Right the only issue was there was a whole row of, and I like I like him a lot, but Simon Fudge sat right next to me, Jam right <laughs> next to right me. Uh, That's because you were in his territory. No, no. Oh. He was on the other side. Oh, okay. But it was good. It was a good time. Well, apart from the game, apart which from which the we're, game, we're, we're come to. Um, yeah, we're, it's going to be a Whitecaps heavy show. We're not going to do too much other stuff this this episode, and well, it, it's happened. I, I'm I'm stunned. The Whitecaps <laughs> season is over. I was full of hope last weekend. Yeah. You don't know that because I wasn't on the show, but I was like, yeah, three wins. We can do this, guys. Yeah, three th- wins and we're in. This can actually be the end of season show, even though we've had like three or four this year. Yeah, I, I first one was in April, yeah, I, yeah. I believe. Yeah, oh, But yeah, the, the season is officially over. I guess it isn't a surprise the, the way that things were going, but it, the way it's just kind of fizzled out, because joking aside, there was that element of hope that three wins from the, the last three matches, we were guaranteed a playoff spot. So 
I, I did allow myself to think, you know, we, we could do this. They could really be up for it and get in the playoffs. But instead, the way it's fizzled out, I, it's just so deflating and disappointing. Yeah, because they, you know, they had the lead in one of the games. Um, in this game, they came back from a yeah. pretty un- unbelievable deficit. If you th- take out those first fifteen minutes, there, they, you know, they got the whole three points. So yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> today was another clean sheet for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> take out the last half hour on Wednesday. First take out fifteen today, and we, yeah, we're in pole last position. Half hour. As, long as, as long as you don't yeah, talk about last half hour, so, you're right. uh, yeah. basically Third, a whole 65th, half. 65th minute. Yeah. As long as you don't talk about your queen again or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, so disappointing. Like, the, I. I, w- I didn't feel the hope that you felt, Michael. It was very small. Okay. And I, I was yeah. under a lot of cold medication. Okay, well, I, I didn't have your hope. Um, but I, I, to be honest, I'm a little surprised at how bad and disappointing things have been since they, since they chose to release Robbo. Um, we I, beat I, Toronto. We beat the MLS champs, the best MLS team of all time. Yeah, that, so that unless you count the teams that got more points than them this year, but that's another. Thing. Well, exactly. That's the, cla- the classic Whitecaps. Then it's us out, talking out of both two. both sides of your mouth. <laughs> where on one day you're you're saying, "Oh, they're terrible. Their model of, of building a team is awful," and then the next day you say, "Oh, but we beat them. They were the champions last year." Like, it, yeah, it doesn't really work. But well, I don't know. Because I, I mentioned this before in the podcast, Scotland beat England in 1967, <laughs> and we claimed that we were World Cup winners. So I think we are MLS Cup winners by beating Toronto. Mm. Yes. No, not necessarily. If they if first, the Stanley. Cup, no, no, no. Like now you're thinking it has to be in the same year. So if we, if whoever wins the MLS Cup this year, if we beat, if we beat so, them, so Chivas, then, uh, Chivas has MLS Cup. Mm. The goats. Have- um, no, seriously though, I was just—I was—I've been really disappointed. Yeah, because there's a lot of things that uh, that that they've that, that Craig Rimple and his staff, who I I, I do appreciate, especially did you call him Craig Rimple, Craig Delrimple. Oh, if I mispronounced Craig's name, I, I apologize. I thought that's all I heard. Um, th- there's some guys on his staff who obviously like Steve uh, Steve Meadley, uh, Regan R- Regan, Fagan, Regan Regan Hall, Hall. Rich Fagan. Uh, these guys, like, yeah, we've hung out with and watched coach uh, for so many years and so I, I really appreciate them however there's there's a lot of decisions that they've made in the especially well on all the games but especially these last couple yeah. that are just to me mo- mind-boggling yeah. to me like they, that don't make any sense and uh, we can come to them and maybe as we as we go through things a little bit I know we're gonna maybe not break everything down no but there's some things we do have to discuss and yeah. We, we've had our fate in our own hands, it's felt, since August. I don't know how many times we've, we've kind of said, oh, we, we just need to do this, we just need to do that. Other results then went our way. And then every time, we just didn't get the, the result done. And when Robbo was still here, I'd asked him about that. And he said, well, you can say that, but there's times that we did go and get it done. Yeah. But when it really mattered down this stretch, we just have not got it done. We have now had five losses in our last six matches. At this point of the season, no team that goes through a spell like that can have any hope of being in the playoffs. So I mean, and, what, you're, and you're proven right. Yes. <laughs> what, what's behind that? Is it simply that this is a squad and a team that isn't good enough? The, that, that maybe doesn't have a winning me- mentality? Or is it, does it just go way, way deeper than that? I, I, I think they had, they had moments where they could have been... Um, they they showed they showed where they could be good enough, but then it seems like they have moments where they just shut off, and it's the, we talked about they're 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 consistently inconsistent 
and uh, it's either the highs of the highs or the lows of the lows. There's no mm. middle ground for them, it seems like, and that's what you want from a team. You want to be, uh, you know, an even Steven, like going all the way through the season and pick up your points. Yeah, you're sure you're going to drop a game here and there, but you're consistent with your effort and everything like that, especially defending. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, we, 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 I say this too often, but uh, yeah, they they haven't been at their levels. Like they haven't they haven't been they haven't played to their to their potential. Yeah, but it's just I mean, Rob always talked about yeah. if our team plays at the levels, they can compete with anyone. But you can't do that every single week. No, and so they've had too many players who haven't played to their potential throughout the season, but in this last stretch as well. And so it's it's not it's not surprising um, that they're in the place they're in. And and honestly, they have had some. Bad breaks, like the the bounce, the ball just didn't bounce for them properly sometimes. Especially like for example that Colorado game, they 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 played really well in that game, and they could and there was a fluke goal that deflected off a defender, and um, the, the, if you take you know that's a game they they should have won, and they they were better than Colorado that night, but they couldn't put the ball well, in. The there's net. lots of games. Yeah. Oh, lots won. of games. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, well, no, we'll do based that next on, week. I'm, I'm saying based on performance. Yeah, yeah. Next week, once the season is officially over, we'll, we'll spend a section kind of looking at some of the games that got away from them, some of the things that, that went wrong and some well, of the nitpick, highs, the lows. the season, yeah. yeah. I love those I, I, I don't want to break down the last two games too much because there's not much point. Season's done, etc., etc. But I have to have some, some quick thoughts, first of all, about the, that KC game. We were undermanned. We were missing six regular starters. Now, any team that's going to be missing that amount of players is going to be under the cosh. And yeah, we took the lead, had a bit of hope at half time. We were not the better team in that first half. KC, if they had had their shooting boots on, could easily have been a couple of goals ahead. But then the capitulation that followed in the last kind of half hour, 25 minutes, half hour of the match, that was just unbelievable. Russell Tiber afterwards let rip, said it was unacceptable, the team gave up. Did you have that feeling after watching it? Or was this a team that that just wasn't good enough to compete with one of the best teams in the West? I think there's a few things that were unacceptable that day. One is, to me, it's unacceptable to have a professional footballer play a game on a Tuesday and then be playing on on the next day on the Wednesday. That is unacceptable. That that should not happen. It shouldn't. But I I was all for it, and I would actually put Fonzie on the bench as well. To be honest. Uh, okay. I, well, if you're going to put one player on the bench, it would have been. It well, been, yeah, and Daniel that hadn't even played as well. You would think. But but he, but, but, uh, but apparently Russell demanded like wanted to be on the bench. I think well, he so. Made, he makes the decisions. Now. He has no, Mr. well, and, and no, the, they said that after the game that the um, the uh, the doctors assessed the players. And they found that Russell was fit enough to go. So it was right. on the, based on the doctor's decisions. It, right, sure. It's a very yeah. brave stroke, stupid decision. No. And, and in the course of that game, it wasn't just the fact that you brought on him. And I love I love Rusty. It's nothing. This is nothing against yeah. Rusty. He also he, was one of the better players in that last twenty five minutes, which is even more frightening. But so you bring on a you bring on a player who played the night before the other side of the country, uh, five hour, four and a half, five hour flight away. And the guy you you replace him with is a guy who hasn't played in like how many weeks? I don't know, four or five weeks. He hasn't started. He plays an hour, scores the goal, yep. and you take him off. And he was up for it. Yeah. 
Well, like what? Like it was just it was it was mind boggling. And then Felipe's not even starting today. Well, yeah. And didn't even get into the game. That yeah. was mind boggling. That today was mind boggling. But the that day again, uh, what they said was about Felipe that he ran himself ragged, and they felt like he didn't have very much more to give, and that's why they took him off. I'm just letting you know yeah. what they said. Yeah, but they Their also reasoning. but they also got a, the, the backup of a, they also knew they were going to have to answer the question about playing Russell, so they're like, "Oh, the doctor said it's okay." I'm not saying the doctor yeah. didn't say it's okay, but it's great to have a it fits with it fits with who these who the Whitecaps are as an organization to make sure they have a fall guy for their decisions. Did you agree with Russell though that the team gave up? I I didn't feel that way. I have to say, I I feel like Russell. I think that, uh, looking back on it now, I think he was more commentating on the last two goals. Yeah, more possibly. than the whole the yeah. the, the last um, one in particular. They were like, uh, yeah, no, and and so I I think I think that really and everything was like you know in the heat of the moment as well. So I think he was more talking about that. Uh, I felt like the, even leading up to. I, like I think the second goal was scored in the 85th minute or something, if I'm not mistaken. 82nd. 82nd, 82nd yeah. minute. Um, even after that, they showed a little bit of fight trying to get back mm. into the game. but And you're always going to leave yourself then short to the back. Yeah, so 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 essentially, like I said, I think he was more commentating on the uh, on the last two goals. The, the, yeah, the, the last two goals, especially the last one, were the, the, the effort felt really poor. F- fatigue definitely felt... It felt that that was the, the contributing factor. These were guys that haven't played a lot of minutes this year. But then again, some of it was due to injury. The likes of Mond, Aha, much. They've been injured, so they've not had a chance to play much. No pun intended, but... But then you're the, pro- you're the problem of, of not being able to substitute much off because you you took off Felipe already for Russell, and then you had Brett, Brett, Levi's Brett Cramp again. again. Yeah. So there was, I mean, there were so many... I hope they can get to the bottom of that. Over I feel bad. The, the I feel bad season, for him. Because yeah. if not, yeah, we've talked about this before. Love the guy, but you can't. You can't keep no. having that. That cost them. At, you have to think that cost them at least one of those goals. The the other thing uh, from that game again, not to not that we're going through the fine tooth comb, but I know we've talked in the past. Like, okay, here was a chance. Uh, Danielle was away. Kendall's away. Where do uh, Mond and and Aha stand? I I really appreciate Aaron Mond and I think he is a, a good piece on a, in an MLS center back yeah. squad. I don't think he's had a bad season. No. Ha- however, both he and Aha looked shockingly bad yeah. each on one of the Mond goals. was slightly better. Yeah, but I think Aha on the second Aha goal was the, the bounce. Horrendous. The bounce. Yeah, that was that the was Aha, really bad. the Aha second goal was horrendous. He gave up on that. Like he yeah. like that if there was, Well he played the bounce wrong first. He tried to play the man instead of the ball. And got burned very badly. Yeah. So, bo- so I know you were like, oh, you know, what? Should, who should be here and who should stay? You know, and who should they try or who should they get rid of? Or yeah. both. Neither of them. I'm still for blowing everything up and just getting rid of the vast majority of this squad. Neither of them cover themselves in no. glory. Now, talking about missing six starters. Ev- everyone knows now that the clubs can choose to play in the international windows. So we chose to oh, play oh. this game in this international window. There was other ones we chose not to. Yeah. At this stage of the season, there's every chance that any game at this point is going to be crucial. Why would you want to take that risk? First of all, the choice should be, uh, I feel the choice should be even taken out of the club's hands. Like MLS should say, no, we're not scheduling somebody to play a day after like a whole bunch of internationals or even during the week, the, the weekend of it. So I feel like, you know, 
I think it should be taken out of their hands, but I do agree that this late in the season, big mistake if they did agree to play in it or they were uh, given choices of which ones they can give up and which ones they have to play in. If that was, I don't even know what the scenario is. So I agree it should be a league thing where the league should say no games during this time, that time, whatever. I agree with you on that, Steve. This is this is one place because uh, I don't know all the details, but I do know some of the factor, or we do know some of the factors, uh, and so I w- I will give the the fo maybe a little bit of a break on this. What? Be- yeah, exactly. Because, <laughs> because they are dealing with they are dealing with they don't own their ground, so yeah, they're dealing true. with BC Place availability, and true. and they did make they did make decisions at some at somewhere they did make a decision like well we want that one open we this one we'll see how things go. Um, so we don't know. We we don't know if it was oh BC Place is booked during these ones and it's not during these ones. We don't know if they're like, hey, we really value this one off. So there that more means we got to give up this this other one. So maybe they just the, the ones they took off they valued more than October, which would sound shocking because it's yeah. the end of the season so important. Um, but it was difficult. And so you're right. The six starter things. I mean, there's other things from that game that you know that people have been talking about with 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 uh, the the Robinson era in the Whitecaps of putting for example uh square pegs in round holes and so we've seen how I've certainly seen that in the last few games yeah so you have Eric Hurtado who I again I really appreciate his his effort and the things he's done for the club I don't think he should be playing wide in the midfield no. maybe in a 4-3-3 four, 3-4-3 three, three, four, three, four, three, maybe wide as a, an attacker but as a in a 4-2-3-1 as that wide the wide guy I don't. I don't think he's uh, shown his best there, yeah. and so he's there, and you have Christian Teixeira sitting on the bench. Well, T- Teixeira wasn't even on the bench today; didn't even make the eighteen, which says a lot. And we'll, we'll mention this now because there's, there's no point holding on to this to the end of the year. But Teixeira's not back next year, and part of it is negotiations to renew his contract did not start early enough for him. I think he was looking for it in the summer. Club didn't start then. You could say it's another Camillo situation if you want, but mm. so he looks set to move on, and I th- believe he has well, something lined up already. Yeah, and you don't know a couple things. You don't know if the reason they didn't open negotiations was they had no intention of bringing him back. Uh, maybe they just didn't value him enough. Maybe they just I don't know. They, to move made, on. they certainly made a lot of when he scores. They, they, they win the games. games. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a lot of from that's, the that's a marketing. That, that's thing. a PR yeah. thing, right? Um, and then the second one is like you were talking about that he's nine eighteen. It could be that he doesn't want to play right now because he does have a deal lined up and he doesn't want a whole Matias Laba situation yeah. like last year where he gets injured. When but in, if he has a pre, if he signed a pre contract, yeah. then it's yeah. I think there's coverage. Del Rimpel did mention on Wednesday that he he only wants people with him that are going to give everything. And that for that the club. that so might be the clue. You where could he's read in between yeah. the lines yeah. there. As so well. what I hear you guys saying is maybe it's kind of like kind of you talk about you know Camilo or whatever, but if you as a football club. This is not, this is not like un. Everyone knows how this works. Yeah. When you when you're six months out from your deal ending, that's when you can negotiate with other teams, right? Other clubs. So they know his contract situation. Yeah. Again, we we know Greg Anderson is in charge of the contract. I, I also want to point out I'm quite happy for him to move on. I don't didn't want him back next year anyway because he's just too inconsistent. But if yeah. I think I I would I don't I wonder if this is more tied into the coaching them knowing they because they knew yeah. early they knew early that they weren't bringing oh yeah they, so I think if they were like okay we're not bringing back this coaching staff uh, we're just not going to deal with this player let it he's going to go his deal's up whatever but yeah um, 
talking about passion, Kai Kamara certainly showed some passion <laughs> after the final whistle on Wednesday, got himself sent off. Could you see it from where you were, Steve? I had already gone downstairs, oh, okay. so I missed the whole thing. Tom, I found Tom out has a photo of Johnny Russell shaking the official's hands and Kamara walking towards them. So Pete Shad had tweeted out that apparently Kamara grabbed Russell by the throat. Right. Now, Johnny Russell, Scotsman. Oh, you oh, missed talking to him. I know. <gasps> that's how sick I was. Oh, I wow. gave up ch- chatting to my bestie, Johnny. But bestie. I'm, you have to feel that maybe something was said and... Knowing what Scottish humour would be like, he maybe said something that just pushed Kai over the edge. But do you blame Kai for that? He's a veteran. Should he keep his head? Or was it just... Well, I mean, again, earlier this season, if that had happened, Kai would have been held responsible. But also everyone would be saying, oh, the coaches, they don't, they can't discipline their own team or they can't keep yeah, their own team yeah. disciplined or whatever. But no one's, you know... No, I, I give him a break in this one because he's done so much for us this year. Yeah. He's been... I, I he's been gave up, he gave up a trip to Los Angeles. Yeah. I do feel, though, that he was lucky not to get a two-game ban. If he did grab him by the throat, I, we, surely that's violent conduct. We were texting about yeah. this. I, I really think... Uh, I don't have no basis for this, but I would not be surprised if the truth behind this is that MLS knows... That it, this is a last game for the Whitecaps at home. It's a big game, and they want to sell tickets. And could so, be Kamara's last one. Could be Kamara's last one. It's Alfonso's last one for sure. And this is a game. As a, you know, I were you know messaging Michael. This is a game you have to think that uh, the, the, the FO is all about projections and stuff. And you have to think that when they were sitting down and planning the year, they projected this as probably at least a lower bowl sellout. Yeah. Like let's it's a last game, it's Portland, the Cascadia Cup could be in play, which it's not. Playoffs could be in play, which is not. Seeding could be in play, which is not. But you have well, to, it's for Portland. It is for Portland, sorry, yeah. Uh, so you have to think they would have thought, hey, this is a game we can do more than twenty two two or whatever the their number is. Yeah. I mean Tiber said we would see more fight and you wouldn't see a team give up like that again today. Now, the first 15 minutes yeah, it looked like it against wasn't LA, be, yeah. it, it, it looked like those words were not going to do much, but immense credit to that Whitecaps team. They did not put their heads down. They did not give up. They fought to the very end. And, I mean, we've we've seen teams give up this season yeah. before. Is that... I, I just think that was a fantastic performance. Is that today. why you're wearing that shirt, Steve? Oh, no. Well, yeah, Can he never say die? Yeah. Say die? Yeah, I don't okay. know. Or, or day. <laughs> um, if they're Welsh. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Okay, sure, they didn't go, they fought back, but ultimately they did die. The season died today. Yes. Right? So uh, The season died on Wednesday. They were never going to get... Yeah, no, 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 no. Like, officially, it, it, you know, yeah. it was a slow death, sure. Yeah. But, like... But I mean, it, they things went into that, today. Yeah, but they, the, they, they knew whistle. the playoffs were done heading into the the game today. So it would have been so easy for those guys just true, to think, "True, we're two down." So I mean, I, I think that was great. But where was this fight when we needed it? Yeah. The games that this five games that we've lost out of six. Oh, sorry, it's four games out of six because we drew today. Yeah. Um, Feels like loss. Yeah, I, I know. I, I don't know what was going through my head when I wrote that. But where, where was the fight then? These games when we really needed it. Why show the fight when it didn't matter? Were they playing for contracts? Have to think. I, Most of them know. I think that everybody knows who's like not the players themselves, but everybody yeah, in the I front office already has already made a decision. They were playing against, uh, against their potential new head coach <laughs> on yeah. the other side. Now, I mean, you 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 were saying Eric Cataro, he shouldn't be playing out wide. I I would then add to that Breck Shea. <laughs> 
<laughs> he shouldn't be playing. Oh, and I've no other God. words to finish that sentence. How did he get another start today? After Wednesday? Well, clearly yeah. there's no minutes thing in the contract this year, so we don't have to worry uh, about that. Were they showcasing him? No, his deal's, that's uh, my understanding, yeah. his deal's up. But yeah. that, that was another head scratcher when I saw that. Come Maybe out. they just thought, oh, we're paying him a lot of money, we should play him. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, no, you, I, I agree with you. And 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 if you were gonna play, if you were gonna play Eric on the wing, why not play him on the wing today for Shea and put Blondell up front? Yeah. Well, that that last thing for this segment, we've got one game left. I, I thought much looked good today. Cracking goal up there for cracking keep, goal slash keeper, dodgy keeper keeping. Yeah. Better, yeah. You know, my, my first thought was like, wow. And then we watch, and you watch it again. You're like, well, Tyler Miller went down yeah. really early. Yeah, he barely got a. He didn't get a strong hand to that. We got to see Blondell. I yes. forgot what you looked like. Yeah, it, it'll win goal of the week as long as they don't show a replay. <laughs> they show it in full full motion. But but, but the but the goats backline did really shackle Blundell. Yes, <laughs> yeah, Blundell did nothing in the time that he was on. Missed that one ball that came a, across goal. So what what do we do for the last game against Portland now? Do we put a strong lineup out to? Finish the season, send the fans home in high spirits, beat a local rival, maybe screw over their playoff positioning. Or do we give minutes to, like, does Sean Melvin get a start, his first MLS start? I wish, but no, do we, do we see Simon Cohen off the bench? I would love for Sean Melvin to start this game. I think it's they, never going to happen. I think they put the strongest 11 that yeah. want to play. I, I want to play. No, I mean, the, of the people signed, signed, signed contract MLS yet. contracts. Uh, part of me wonders if, uh, and I, uh, I'm sure we won't ever get the full truth of this, but. If like if in the Alfonso deal, if there's something like he can play as long as games are meaningful. No, mm. I think he'll play. Oh, I think he'll play, but yeah, I, I wonder. Sure. If He's a white cap to the end of the year. I'd yeah. have him playing U19s with a residency. Yeah. Get some wins under the belt. That's just me, though. Anyway, we will be back with some more white caps chat after this. Hi, I'm Alfonso Davies, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Taking the mood down a little bit there. Scottish band, the Blue Nile. <laughs> it's over now. I know it's over now. But I can't let go. So so saddening, Michael. Yeah. Hey, I, I've been quite down with my cold. Oh, yeah. Hey, um, <laughs> Michael, I have a question for you that might be more exciting for okay. you. Okay. Um, do you fancy a chocolate digestive? <laughs> I always fancy a chocolate digestive. I have an unchocolate one with me today. Oh, uh, here we go. Here we go. Uh, and you, I know you listen you a lot. I know you, you listen a lot. I, no, I I wanted to respect you. Oh. Um, and uh, you know, uh, you, I know you listened to last week's show because you posted it. Um, but these are the McVitie's digestive nibbles. <laughs> McVitie's. McVitie's. Sorry, the digestive nibbles caramel flavor. Mm, from tried those. from a uh, friend of the show. Will uh, Silver. Will Silver. Hi ho, silver away! <laughs> he's he's a he, he's a magpie, so 
any joy you can bring to his life is, is much Most of my friends in Scotland were Sunderland fans, so yeah. So we can't open these, obviously, here, but... No, but thank, brought, thank you so much, Will, and thank you for bringing I brought them. this so we could He, he brought a baggie, yeah. yeah so we'll we get them... We'll, we'll make sure that Steve gets his fair share. <laughs> he was really apologetic to, about... He's like, I'm really... Tell Steve I'm really sorry. I'm used to disappointment. <laughs> I shouldn't have eaten my non-chocolate when I could have given that to Steve. Just so he felt part of it. <laughs> I don't know if you want to eat it after you put it in the thing, because you're not well. Oh, yeah, that's true. I did handle it. Anyway... You are listening to the AFTN Chocolate Show on CITR Radio, broadcasting on 101.9 FM. So, let, let's bring the mood up a little bit. Where did it all go wrong this season for the Whitecaps? <laughs> <laughs> this part will last five hours and is part one of a 24-part series. I'm going to start off and say, the number for me, the number one thing was the midfield. Just overall. And 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 it goes a little. Obviously, it also includes uh, the lack of being able to spend on that midfield. Um, They weren't able to. If they, I felt like they had a solid back line going into the year, uh, into this year. I thought they had good attacking, but that midfield was going to be the key, and it just wasn't improved enough for me. Yeah, I mean, there's people who feel like we've never gotten the midfield right any year in MLS, right? Like. A uh, small window when Pedro Morales was really passing it around, but other than that, no, yeah, I agree with you. That, there. that first Pedro season was great. First half, yeah, was it half? No, he played more than a half. Okay. <laughs> well, the first year he no, was, no. So he played a year and a half yeah. straight. That's yeah, what that's I meant what, to say. That's yeah, what yeah. Thinking of, yeah. yeah. No, I think that's a that's a fair shout. The the the, the midfield pieces they brought in, uh, both at the end of last year and this year, haven't really gelled together and never. Oh. There it was. There, there, like even right now, if we went around and said, "Hey, who would you start as uh, two or three guys in the in the heart of the Whitecaps midfield?" I think none of us. I don't think we would have the same answer necessarily. No, you know, and, and a, a lot depends on the formation. True, um, but y- you also we, like, we've tried them all this year, didn't? We? The Whitecaps tried them yeah. all this year, didn't they? Yeah. I don't think they tried a four four two diamond. I, no, there was a diamond one game, wasn't there? I think we might have. Oh, <laughs> I think there was. This we'll year. have to go through it and see yeah. exactly what the formation. We'll have were. a bingo card and see. I, I want. I want to see more experimenting with three at the back. That's so much entertainment. <laughs> do we do it this year or just last year in the snow? No, we did nope. it this year. We well. did this Which year. Game? Which it game was that? Didn't go well. Uh, it's all a blur. I blocked it I out. I can't remember, but I'm pretty sure we went three at the back one of the games from the start. I don't know. If you remember, uh, tweet us at, a- at AFTN <laughs> Canada. Yeah. I mean, the the building of the squad in the off-season. Now, hindsight is obviously a a great thing. Yes. Now, at the time, it looked, and Robo talked about this, was his best squad he's had in the MLS era, his strongest depth. These were guys like Effie Juarez that's played in a World Cup. You're adding Felipe, who's one of the the best midfielders in MLS in certain seasons and and he, well, he had his best statistic year. Yeah, he had his best statistic year here, believe it or not. A lot of, a lot of people aren't going to believe that, even yeah. though it's clear he did. Kai Kamara <laughs> had his second best ever season goal, goal. in MLS, yeah. Uh, yeah, in terms of goals. So, I mean, Kamara was clearly the best addition. Who would you say was the next best addition in the offseason? Can I answer for Steve? <laughs> I know who who he has down the bottom. Is it, okay, does anyone disagree? That Kamara's the top? No, oh no, who the bottom is. Well, yeah, right. Let, let's get to that then as well. Oh, you so, want to do top first? Yeah, MLS are going to be doing, because I think Matt Doyle tweeted it out, that they're doing a, so you could a just, first... Just like, don't follow him. Why would you follow him? 
I have to. Oh. It's in my contract. Oh, that's unfortunate. They're doing a first and second 11 of the worst additions that clubs have made this season. That's got to be Whitecaps heavy. You've got to feel... <laughs> Oh no! Or, there's or, some other teams that didn't do well. Or we're just, or we're just Colorado might be in there as well. But yeah, um, are you saying Declan wins going to be because <laughs> that could be a white caps? Oh maybe. <laughs> um, so, do you want to start with? Let, let's start with. Let's finish on a point. Yeah. So let's start with the worst. Then, who's your three, two, one as the the third worst, second worst, and worst additions? Well, and why? Okay, the, the the number one in that is Juarez. Do you? Is it no, based I, on I based have, on have based that. on how he was sold to everybody too? Well, actually, yeah. wait. I have another. I have another one. Actually, I th- well, because technically it's not an addition, but it was in a sense. It, it's got to be Breck Shea. No, you can't class him as an addition. Okay, he was a resigning. He was an option taken just by about, mistake. Just talking about football players. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Breck is a lovely person. He is. Yeah, he's a great dude. His paintings are. Well, his painting. Anyway, <laughs> so the th- so he's a really good golfer. I've heard all that really helps when he's on the pitch. So if Effie Juarez was the worst addition of this season, my other two, I'm going to throw Anthony Blondell for yeah, me in I there probably as number two worst. Okay. Yeah, just because we we spent a transfer thing on him, and I, I want to ask, and yet he still beats Juarez. Like Juarez is still bottom. Yeah. Okay. He he got a goal and didn't get sent off. <laughs> And to be fair to him, he was he was not set up to succeed in the early part of this season. Yeah, that's fair. But every single game he seemed to start, someone got sent off. But remember, we also, off. we also don't know the off-field stuff that go go on in no. an MLS season. That I mean, you would hope he player. would maybe arrest yeah. the slide and or do something. Yeah, he could have done better. And I want to ask Bobby: was was that a bust of a signing? Yeah. Or well, he's going to say yes because is he though? Oh yeah, he's going to. They're going to pin it on. This was their whole plan. This is their whole plan. You blame everything on the guy you're getting rid of. This is how they. This is modus operandi. Like this is not rocket science. And why wouldn't you? Like I don't think mm. I don't think most people will blame them for that. Well, no, it's like I blame everything that goes wrong on Steve. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. yeah, he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, so who's number three then? Ah, uh, see, that's a, that's see, a tough I would, one. I would put it just thinking off the top of my head. Um, could be Jose Aha. Um, just because they did spend quite a bit of uh, uh, gamber tam, whatever the hell it was, on him, and he was the he was he uh, just remind, was he actually the Tim Parker replacement, or was he coming in anyways? He he was, he was brought in to replace Parker, right? At the time, but it was before Parker had gone, but by that right, point, right. the new Parker was going. Yeah, and the other one would be uh, probably uh, for me uh, Jordan Much. Only oh. not not because of his play, but because he was often uh, injured, last, and it was just yeah. disappointing. And again, he was built up to be. I ha- I have Daniel hovering around uh, my my top five. No, I wouldn't I wouldn't put him there because I I think he's had bad moments, but overall he's been pretty solid. It's hard not um, to see that own goal when I close my eyes, but yeah. um, but but for Jordan Much, for example, uh, Juarez and Much, if one of them had hit, this is a playoff team. Well, Juarez did hit. <laughs> it was a referee. I mean, I mean, hit on the field, like a, been a hit on the field. Okay. <laughs> I think you got the clip for next week's show yeah. right there. Um, 
Um, those are some good shouts. I keep on seeing mm. these people talk on social media about much being like, yeah, we should really bring him back next year. No, or, he definitely or like, should not be brought back. If he could stay healthy, I honestly would. But there's I've no way. We've talked about this before. There's no oh, way no they way, can yeah. afford him. No. Well, and I, I as I've pointed out, who's going to want him? You might well, get him yeah. at a cup price no, deal. No, no. Not on a, The salary would be. But he's not cutting his salary. The salary would yeah. be DP level in the echelon that they don't care to you know hang out in. Well, that, that goal that he got today has probably helped him at least land a championship club in England. He can just show them that. And he'll be like, oh, oh, you play on grass? I'll be on there. Yeah. See see how well he does on grass. Yeah. yeah, so yeah that's, I, that's, I, those are a fair shout for the yeah, bottom three. I think I would maybe go Aha then three, just because I like much. But I do like Aha. Wait, are there any other candidates I'm not thinking of? Because I know, Aha, well, I just think... I just Felipe. Just again, who, who had like, what, six yeah, assists I, and I, a goal or two? And I definitely wouldn't put him in my top Justin five. Fittis? Oh, oh there well, you go. if you want to look at the draft picks in general, yeah, they were horrendous. Maybe a good job we don't have a first round draft pick next year because we screwed the draft up big time this year. They were horrendous picks. Was was Koch giving bad information? As he, oh, that was the year before. Yeah, yeah. no, Koch, Koch had gone. Um, Koch had gone. That might be the problem. Yeah, watch to see how well he does next year. Oh, we'll, yeah. we'll talk about Cincinnati uh, uh, in the next part. Uh, see, for when I think aha, uh-huh, my first thought of this year is that goal that the free kick where Kendall set him up. That do you remember that nice goal he scored? Mm. See, I, I think he's had a, a good season. That's why well, I don't know if it's used good. Well, oh yeah, but okay. he hasn't been bad or horrible no. or anything. I mean, yeah, other other additions were the likes of Sean Franklin, but I, mean, no, I don't mind him. I he, didn't he, mind Sean him. Franklin, he, he did what when, he was when, brought in to do. When Jake struggled a little bit, Sean was able to come in, and he didn't do it for a full season because I don't think he's good enough to do that now. But he did ha- uh, put in a solid effort when he need they needed him. You had like Meyer Bevan, but he didn't get a, a fair crack, and he was loaned out anyway. Another loan deal that didn't go fantastic. David Norman got, and you guys didn't mention this last week, David Norman got to set foot on East Fife's pitch last Saturday. Didn't it, play, was on the bench, but he got to warm up. I don't up know how it. it slipped our minds. Yeah. Did you know if he played this weekend? I didn't check this weekend. Oh, okay. East Fife, though, are on an eight-game unbeaten streak. He's got Eight-game winning streak, actually. Dave, First time since 1961. Dave, Dave's got some visitors over there watching, or, you know, hanging out and watching, so I hope he, I hope he gets to play. Yeah, but... Yeah, if you look at the best additions in outside of Kamara, is there anyone that you would class as being a great addition? Because that, that's then, you struggle with that as well. well I, think Fli- I would honestly, I I would, I would honestly classify Flippa, especially yeah. early in the year he played well. When he ch- they changed his position and played him deeper, uh, he struggled And mightily. I would possibly have Aha then as the third. So it's like, it's, it's Fine weird. lines. Yeah, very fine lines. <laughs> No, I, mean, I would actually put. You know who I would actually put as the third, and you know, Zach's not going to agree with this for sure, hundred percent. But I'd say Brian Rowe because when Rinovich oh, went down, yeah. Rowe wasn't that bad. He kept the two goal average <laughs> that <laughs> they had for the whole year. Consistent, was, yeah. So you want from a goalkeeper? Rowe is a really great dude. Like if you've hung out with, him, I got to hang out with him a little bit. He's a uh, yeah, he's a, he's a great dude. So I would actually I felt, put him I felt, as the third best. Yeah. I, I felt bad for I felt I felt bad for him in a lot of those a lot of the goals that you know went past him because a lot of them he couldn't do anything. There were yeah. some there were some maybe you could argue he you know if he was a, a few inches taller or whatever, or, but like there was a, a number where it was just like QBK was, man QBK. Well, <laughs> what's that? Queen Balls King. Oh man, that brings us nicely to the defense then, which has always been a nightmare. Tiber mentioned that the club's identity this season 
was that it was to be a team that scored more goals than they conceded, which is obviously what every team is aiming to do. But that's got to get you success if you pull it off. If you don't pull it off, you end up with a season like this where you're giving goals up. I think that's being slightly selective of his words. Now, I might be misremembering his words as well, but I think he used the term things like you know, play on the counter yeah. and that kind of thing. Uh, and maybe he didn't say it explicitly, but if you're going to be a team that plays on the counter, it, that has to be based off being you know solid defensively first. Yes. Because you can't play off the counter if you're terrible at defending. And to be fair, last year wasn't – it wasn't amazing, but it wasn't. A, it was a. It was a. It was an okay year. Uh, with the number goals against. Well, yeah, and like a lot of folk are, have said, oh, it's because they let Tim Parker go. How how much weight do you put in in the defense being what so bad this year with Parker going? I, I don't, don't put a lot of stock in it because the uh, New York. I think New York Red Bulls only because Robles is there. I think he's to face a lot of shots. And I don't know how he's solid an okay he's defender. Yeah, he's, he's a solid. Not, he's, he's solid. He's a good MLS defender. He's not a difference maker. And I still say the midfield was the reason why they gave up so many goals. I still stand by that. Uh, I, I agree with you. The midfield was part of the problem. I would disagree with you, Michael, in terms of Tim Parker. Uh, and I think this is not a statistic thing. This is not a. Uh, you know, here let's point to all this, all these stats and and whatever. Or the, you know, here's some empirical evidence you can you know deduce that he's great or terrible or whatever. I think it's a lot of it is to do with like the chemistry that that he had with Kendall Waston and how they played together, how they complemented each other well. Uh, I think that was a big part of it. The other thing, and this is what goes in the again also in the intangibles category. You know. With these kind of situations that you've looked at that they've had at the, uh, with the Vancouver Whitecaps, you look at, you know, going back to things like Camilo, which we've already mentioned tonight. You look at Tim Parker. There have been others. Uh, Alain Rochat is one of the ones we like to talk, we like to talk yes. about, um, you know, who's now enjoying retirement. Um, but you look at some of these things, and there is an intangible impact on the, the psyche or the mentality of the squad when they know that they're – teammate and or friend is being messed around with and that 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 impacts thing now should that impact the whole season no it it shouldn't impact the whole season no but i mean chemistry is a big thing totally as you mentioned but but i think so i think it impacted things at the beginning of the year one that that you know the the deal to move them that happened so late um and and then yeah didn't allow gelling didn't if it happened like in in january or something i think things could have been different but I think one when it happened and two how it happened, uh, which I think maybe we'll talk about more in depth another time. But uh, I, th- I think that played a role. Like played a, didn't didn't help yeah. things didn't help things to get things off into a good start. And I also probably didn't help that our centre backs all had injuries apart from Kendall. Yeah. I and mean, Kendall was away a lot the on World international Cup duty. Too, yeah. So getting the chemistry going there, something just popped into my head as you were talking there. I'm, I'm revising my three, two, one. On the top of worst or editions. Oh. Number three now, I might put Anthony Blondell. Mm. And number two, Marvin Emnes. Oh. <laughs> that wasn't really an addition. He's he's got injured, so he's not gonna see a minute on the pitch. I, I like I, I like his hair. I wouldn't even classify that as number two. I think <laughs> it just I popped think, into yeah, there because So he can't play on next week, right? Oh if he gets healthy he can, but it's not looking likely. Him, De Jong, and Juarez are all injured. 
Uh, that, so that's why Wars wasn't. That's the only one I was going to ask you actually. Mm. But so Wars wasn't available for Wednesday. Well, well uh, he got injured on the sixteenth, I think it said in injury yeah, okay, report. So, so yeah. yeah. Wait, um, wait, wait, wait. Was that an injury or an injury? I think it was an injury. Oh, okay. Air quotes don't uh, don't translate well on. Mm. Do you take any consolation that the White Caps took it down to the last two matches of the season? <laughs> I had to ask that. Why? I don't know. It's just I, would it have been better if we had if by September we were like Colorado or San Jose, and you know that's it over, and then it gives just it gives you time oh, to build. From a footballing perspective, I think it would have been it, it, those those clubs have you 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 might have seen some of those young players play. Yeah, but uh, yeah, because you wouldn't it, have loaned them out. It would have been bad for everything yeah. else the Whitecaps do. Using the word of, consolation was maybe a bad one, but it's like is is. Is it better or worse that we for made a go of it? I, in some ways, I though find it frustrating because we're that close to making it into the playoffs. No, but we took it down at the second last game. But that's that's. I mean, that's that's how the Whitecaps will keep making money. Yeah, is by but we've always been borderline. We're, yeah. we're so close. We're not that far off. Just stay, stay with us. Yeah, Won't keep giving us your money. Keep giving us your money so we can. You know, keep doing this. The problem for them is, I think too many people have surmised their approach, like have deduced their approach and are not happy with it. Whether they yeah. would, would admit to that or not, I think that's one of the problems they're having. If you look at some of the points that were lost this year, and we'll go over it in more detail next week as I, I said of specific games and stuff like that, but our home record was six wins, five losses, five draws. Now... That's shocking. It's appalling. We yeah. let 25 points slip away at home. We've still got one game to go. Totally unacceptable, to use Russell Tybert's words. Not with regards to that, but just in general. The fourth worst wins total at home in all of MLS. You're this, never this year be, you're talking about? This year, yeah. yeah. You're never going to be a playoff team now, the f- if you're putting up figures like the that. The thing is, I, I've always said that, if, for example, if you go into a season, you win all your home games... And if you drop any points at home, you got to make them up on the road. Yeah, they were only able to make up. Uh, they only they did get pick up twenty one points on the road, which yeah. is actually pretty good. But they weren't obviously able to make up those four oh. points they lost. If they make up those four points, imagine adding four points to your current thing right now, and you're actually still in the playoff race. Yeah, so yeah, it, that's, it, that's one of the frustrating so, aspects. Yeah, you got to make up if any point. But the thing is, that's too many points to give up at home. Yeah, that's way too many. And if you and, and if it, you uh, take out like. Three of those losses make them into draws. Take out the three of those draws, make them to lost wins. You're way up there in the stadium. It's one of the reminders, one of the strengths of the Carl Robinson era is he has an incredible record on the road. Yeah, phenomenal. Yeah, it was the home record in most seasons that did them in. Well, well, what do you put that down to then? Are we just too terrible predictable? Pit, terrible or, pitch? Yeah, the pitch. Not, not, yeah, but the other team's got to come and play. The environment not being hostile enough? Do, do they, does the way that we play make this team dangerous on the road but not conducive of being dangerous at home because then we're playing teams that are kind of playing how we're playing and we're Well, you saw that a lot of teams this year that they were just giving up possession yeah. at home at when they came to BC Place they were giving uh, giving up possession to the Whitecaps and who making are, them carry it. Yeah, who were unable to break them yeah. down. Yeah. yeah. So that's something they definitely really really need to to work on. But again it goes back to and I think we talked about this last week Steve we talked about it in the past is you <clears throat> You need to have an identity, like the, like yeah. I think I think if you had a, a a reasonable, makes sense identity, people could get that people could get behind. 
I think I think that I think that some of these things are not as big issues. Does it feel like the gap is widening? I mean, we we're close I, to making the playoffs, but the top teams, the Atlantas, LAFC, Kansas City, Dallas in the West, does it feel that that gap is widening? Yeah, I mean, like I don't know if we talked about this on a previous show, but this this you look at the spending. You got you got with this kind of stuff, the you got to follow the money spent on players, and the the Whitecaps were whatever they went from ninth to sixteenth in the table as of the middle of this season. But if you actually look at where they're at uh, after teams spent money in the middle of the season, there are four yeah. or five teams that passed it was like them. Like nineteenth, I think we fell to or I, something. I think twentieth. Even worse than <laughs> the thing is, is I think if they if they're gonna spend money, um, sorry, be at the like the middle or bottom, whatever they are, um, if they're they're gonna spend that much, they gotta spend it wisely, and they can't um, bring in like for example an older older players to play in that. They they gotta they gotta go and take chances and bring in some young players that have more uh, dynamic ability who are hungry to go on to another level instead of. But this is a problem, is Steve, is they have not been willing to spend monies on, on players of that quality. No, no, I'm just, but I'm saying bring young players yeah. to so, that so they're hungry or something like that, or 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 just make better decisions in with the yeah. way you. Spend the younger money. player is, the more he costs. Yeah, well, in terms of we, we, his value, in terms of a transfer, we obviously have contract. some Davies money. Loan, loan some players in, like they did before. They used to do that quite a bit. Like Jordan, much? Uh, not Jordan, much. Like uh, Sebastian Fernandez, they did that one year. They loaned him in instead of, and he actually performed really well that year. Sure, he again hit somebody he, at the he end. He hit of, a referee as well. Yeah, he hit a referee. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't come back after that, but that's fine. That's, that must have been the coach's fault. Though. Yeah, definitely. So we are going to have money. We don't know who's going to spend it yet. It has all gone quiet on the new manager front. There's no new rumors popping up. So We're still waiting for the resumes coming all d- over the Does world. everything point to done deal with MDS? Important not to get MBS because of everything that's going on in Saudi Arabia just now. So we'll stick with MDS. Which reminds me of MDF, as if we're okay. DIY and we're just, it's just, we're just all over the place. We're just building a, a new team. So I wonder what he made of the. I, I jokingly tweeted out, I wonder what he was thinking after the first 15 minutes. But hopefully he then watched that team and thought, this is a team that's got some fight and spirit. I can do something with that. Too bad they're I all going to be gone. Yeah, but surely the thing he's going to relish I, I, rebuilding another I, expansion I, I, team. I disagree with you. I think any any coach that wants to be a solid coach, well, if they don't have any other offers, they will take a uh, a shot at being you know at at that level. He gets I, to build the club the way, the way he, he wants. wants it. Well, hopefully the way he wants. I think yeah. the quietness means one of two things: the, a deal is done, uh, because unlike what they've said publicly, they've been planning this for a long time. Uh, two. Uh, or they don't know what they're doing, <laughs> which would not be surprising also. We know a song about that. <laughs> anyway, we'll be back with more chat after this. Hi, I'm Jordan Much, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. I feel like shit. I met some man called Terry, he told me a joke. The punchline was dirty, and he was a dirty bloke. I handed him a dollar, so he would go away. He shook my hand and wished me well, and went about his day. The people that you meet, walking down the street. 
people that you meet walking down the street. Isn't that right, Steve? Yeah, it's awesome. Good song. Anyone met anyone interesting this week? Not really. I met... uh, Not really. Hmm. No, nobody in particular. There's someone I see like on a weekly basis <clears throat> that I want to have a oh, conversation Oh, yeah, I saw with. Matt Sikaris at the Whitecaps game. Oh. He was there <laughs> for the first half. In the booth? In the Yeah, yeah in the press room. Oh. Yeah. No, there's someone I want to uh, talk to, but um, I see them uh, a couple times a week. What's her name? <laughs> it's, not, it's not a her. Oh, okay. I, oh. I think I told you about it. He's a f- oh, yeah, yeah. former footballer. Dude. So, Slaves. Oh, the song. Yeah. The group. Yeah, the group. That was Slaves and People That You Meet. You are listening to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM. So in this part, we're just going to go through some MLS, USL, Canada chat. I was going to do CPL in this as well, but I think we'll keep that for when we do the headlines because there's a, there's a only few things in there. There's hardly any headlines today. Yeah, I know. That's why we'll include it in that okay. as well. So, I thought he'd do the top part. He, I wasn't sure how long he'd be able to last, oh, so yeah. I thought he'd keep it short. I'm, for, I'm like that all, all the time. Yeah. Talk about being slaves. <laughs> Got a couple of tweets I'll, I'll just quickly read Ooh, out. Twitter. Yeah, I love Twitter. Um, Caleb Wilkins wanted to know, what are we most excited about for the 2019 season? CPL. See how Alan does MLS? FC Cincinnati. <laughs> In MLS, yeah, yeah, nothing, yeah, uh, nothing right FC now. FC Cincinnati, yeah, <laughs> no, I see, Canadian Premier League is what nineteen is twenty nineteen is about. I'm looking forward to seeing our three big name DPS for Alan Koch? No, at the Whitecaps. Oh, okay. We we nearly had one this summer or this off season. We got the chance to sign John Terry, but we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Will we get someone else of that caliber? This Michael's comedy. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, C.D. Pryor on Twitter says that he is most excited about hopefully a few quality DPs and a manager not afraid to provide opportunities to homegrown players like Verhoeven, Baldissimo, Norman. So, again, that's like a club like a club thing. If, if they don't uh, – if they just uh, – if, if, if it has to be – the manager has to be backed and know that he can do that uh, without – you know, the risk of losing his job. And I don't think any of the managers have felt that way. And that's why you haven't seen that to the extent that I think some people want. And again, it has to do with identity. So it's nice that the Whitecaps like to talk about it a lot, but their actions don't back up their talk. Murray Lynn uh, sent us a, a tweet saying, about today, two goals set up by Alfonso Davies. The first was a brilliant single-hand effort to force the penalty. The second was a tremendous effort to attack. Oh, work ethic. Oh, yeah, we, should have, we never talked about that in the first it the part. Ba- it was the back heel, right? Well, not just that, but he, he, went, lo- he went through it like a, a knife through butter, lost the ball, won it back right yeah. away, and then the beautiful back heel to Eric that, yeah. that set everything up. Um, I mean, that was just fantastic. So Murray poses the question, how many Cats fans are planning on moving to Munich to sling beer and sell lederhosen just because? You would do that. I, I would do that if my my kids were older. <laughs> well, my kids older, maybe. I'd love to retire in Munich or live in Munich for a year. Yeah, I'd love that, it. That would be really awesome. Last tweet for now, John O'Flynn. He's listening from the city of North Van. And he wants to give us oh, a shout fa- out. He's your favorite guy. Yeah, for providing great commentary. He said North Vancouver FC are having their club day next Sunday 
at Whitecaps Timbers, where they're encouraging everyone to wear red. Who for, is for their club, the West Vancouver or no, North you gotta, Vancouver guys? You got to wear black because the season is dead. There we go. Um, I, I actually got one tweet, tweet uh, from former reporter Bruce Constantino. Uh, oh, Bruce. Yeah. Owners, uh, he's, he tweeted this out after the game. Owners paid, and he actually tweeted to the Whitecaps too. He added to them. <laughs> Owners paid $30 million for a franchise fee, now worth $150 million, probably more. Um, the team's yeah. best player is leaving. Surely it's time to spend serious money on a game-changing DP and a strong supporting cast. Eight MLS seasons and not one serious playoff round. Not good enough. Bruce is an well awesome said, dude. Well said, yeah. I miss Bruce. Yeah. Let, let's have a little bit of MLS chat then to, to continue this part. We'll look at both East and West just very quickly. In the West, LAFC, when they went two goals up in the first 50 minutes, they were top of the West. Oh, did you have point. the live standings yeah. up? Ooh. Just for something to do. Then KC struck three goals. Saloy, Espinosa, and my bestie Johnny Russell. Penalty to make it 3-0 win over Dallas. In Texas too. Yeah, now that's dropped the Texans to third. Yeah. But LAFC have moved up to second. They play KC next week. That In is, KC. Yeah, that's Which I, I think that's... you see the picture he said? Yeah, John O'Flynn's picture. Check that out in our tweet. But yeah, the, that's going to be a cracking match. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I'm thinking... I had, I had... I know this probably... The Eastern teams are much tougher, but... My pick for Kansas City to win the MLS Cup is looking good right now, mm. based on the way they're playing. You didn't rate LAFC. You didn't think they were going to make the playoffs, I believe. I thought I that they right. would uh, go back to the median, yeah. uh, but I guess the the, the star players have uh, turned out. Yeah, um, Dallas do have a. I always line. believed in the goats. I I thought they'd definitely be playoffs. I did not think they'd have the record breaking season that they've yeah. that they've had. Dallas have a lifeline though, because LAFC and KC are meeting. Dallas are traveling to Colorado. So you have to think there's a good chance they're going to get three points from that. Yeah. So LAFC, KC, one of them's likely not to then be in the top two. So still all to play for in the West. I would, and we could I would, end up with an LA derby. I would like that. And then you get a Cascadian derby too. Yeah, that'd, I mean, be, that'd be a great that, first round. That would be a great. That's one that I might actually tune into. Yeah. Because I usually don't tune into Are we, we going to go to any of those? I might actually. Right. I don't know. Let me, know if you, let me know if you want to take me with you. Well, it depends because it could be our wedding anniversary. Not you and me. <laughs> <laughs> but Halloween is my wedding anniversary. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't do I can't do that. Oh, yeah. That's right. You got you got family. Yeah. 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 That's the okay. night. I, I got I to work that night. It's the night I put the willies up my wife, scaring her for Halloween. But Going on. <laughs> going on very quickly. Yeah. that That is setting up to be a fantastic round. If LAFC don't get past the Galaxy... That would mean Mark DeSantis is going to be available early. So that would maybe give the Whitecaps a little bit of a, a head start. For very selfish reasons, I kind of want LAFC to get the first round by because if he was to arrive the next week and be introduced, I wouldn't be able to be here to, to get it. So that's just me. So uh, in order for LA Galaxy to make the playoffs, they uh, the Oh, RSL is done. They they've got their points, the forty nine points. They're they're set. Well, done done as in their season. Season yeah. is no more games. Yeah. LA Galaxy they are hosting, I believe, Houston, um, and and Houston's kind of been uh, here and there. And I don't think any of those guys are going to really show up. 
to the game. Well, they'll show up, but they're not really going to put that much of an effort. Yeah, so I the think Galaxy it could be. Uh, uh, if a Galaxy dropped this, it would be the biggest disappointment of the year for sure. Yeah. Um. So I, I expect the Galaxy to grab sixth spot in there. I think um, they can't catch Portland. Portland is definitely in fifth. And um, Seattle can still catch FC Dallas if the FC Dallas does uh, lay a, stink mm. in, in a stinker in, in Colorado, but I don't think that's going to happen either. And and obviously, like you said, if Kansas City beats, uh, uh, loses to Sporting and Seattle lo- wins their last game, Seattle can actually pass LAFC too. Yeah. So it could be Seattle versus the Galaxy and Portland versus uh, Which would be LAFC. very disappointing. Yeah. Now, the East, the battles for the Supporter Shield goes right down to the wire. Atlanta's on 69 points and they're heading to Toronto. Giggity. Red Bulls, 68. They're hosting Orlando. So you have to feel it's Atlanta's to lose, but they probably do have the tougher of the two matches. But Toronto really isn't... I don't know how much effort they're going to put in either. Well, they want to finish the season on a bang like you would think we would as well. (laughs) Atlanta, though. Today, they drew 71,812 supporters. That's it? (laughs) Small amount. I think that's like East Fife for a season. Over 10 years. <laughs> that set a single season total home attendance of 901,033. That is phenomenal. Was, who's the, was the founders? Uh, yeah, yeah. basically. Yeah. They're the first team in MLS history to average more than 50,000 fans per game as well for the entire season at 53,002. So, I mean, they're doing wonderful stuff down there. And it's got rewards on the pitch. You've got some clubs like Orlando were drawing well, but weren't doing it on the pitch. Atlanta's doing it in the stands and on the pitch. I mean, that's... It'll be interesting to see how much their season ticket increase uh, thing yeah. plays a role next year. But yeah, you know, good. they did a number of things right. Uh, yeah. We'll see if they can keep it up. A few other playoff positions are still up to, to get answered in the East. The big one, though, from a kind of Canadian and Vancouver perspective is Montreal. I think barring some kind of massive goal fest for everything, Montreal probably have secured top seed in... Next year? No, actually, we, we could still beat Portland and they could lose. And I yeah. Think, yeah, 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 yeah. We could still get top seed. But we don't know that that's how it's going to be. I was thinking about that today. Are He's they, talking about the Voyagers Cup. The, yeah, yeah, sorry. The, the seeding for the, the Canadian Championship Voyagers Cup. Yeah, Vancouver can still get it. Yeah. Because we got the draw today, because I'd written that note when I thought we had lost. But they can't uh, They can't win a Montreal draw. It has to be a win and a loss yeah. for Montreal. Do we think, though, that they will seed the Canadian Championship next year? Or do you I, think it'll be a random draw? Yeah, I was thinking about it, because they're not kind of going to want <clears> to maybe <throat> say, oh, the MLS teams, they're better than our CPL teams. And then if you've got to look who's going to be in it. So you've got the three MLS teams... You've got the eight, hopefully, CPL teams, so you're up to 11. You've got the League One and the Quebec winners, so you're up to 13. Ottawa Fury maybe are playing next year, so that would be 14 if they are. Then do, do you seed the, the top two MLS teams so we would get a first-round bye? It's going to be something like that. I have, that mm. I have a feeling there will be some buys in there somewhere. I don't think they'll be able to get to 16. Maybe they do a qualifying... Where mm. the top certain uh, amount of CPL teams make it to the, the main maybe. draw. I don't know. I, I have there, no idea how they can do it. Could maybe look at adding PDL, get TSS Rovers in there. Or there had been top before the Challenge Trophy winners, which would be BCT Rovers Tigers from Surrey. 
Right. So that would be an interesting one if they were in. They could play the White Caps. Come on, Rovers Tigers. <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah, I, we'll see. It'll be interesting to see what, what, what format they choose to go with and all that kind of stuff. One of the things I think they need to be careful with is I honestly, and I don't like how it's how it's kind of been kept this way in the states. And I understand the cost part of it is a, an important thing. But I don't like how so much of the tournament is regionalized yeah, in the States. I hate it. And I think they're going to do that in Canada because of the cost. But ultimately in mm. Canada, I think if they do it for a year or two, maybe the beginning of the Canadian Premier League, maybe that's fine. But long well, it term... It benefits the Whitecaps as well because we'll be obviously the top seed in the West. Yeah. But long term, they need to, I think, move... Uh, their goal needs to be a, like an open draw cup. So, yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. So next it, do, year, it doesn't matter if you're, you know, a, an MLS team. It doesn't matter if you're a Canadian Premier League team. It should be these are the teams that are in, and it's an open draw. So you could end up uh, as a home team. You could end up as a away team. You could end up with Halifax in the first round if you're Victoria or you know Van Island, whatever. Uh, like I, that is what the cup is. I think all about yeah. the dream. Like the dream of the cup is all about. I've got got to tell you this. It's another East Fife story, but this this is just bizarre. This year, the Iron Brew Scottish Challenge Cup, for some weird reason, the SFA opened it up to teams from England, Wales, Northern <laughs> Ireland, and Republic of Ireland. <laughs> so, East Fife are always crapping this when we get put out in the early rounds. This time, because we're on a good run, we've made it to the quarterfinals, where we're drawn away to Irish Club Bohemians. Oh, sweet. But Bohemian season ends... Three weeks before the tie is meant to take so place. they'll be out of shape. No, they're saying we can't play the tie. We don't have any players. So they're now having to postpone this game until March next year when the Irish season starts again. Oh. So they've had to put the whole cup competition on hold. Oh, that's so weird. I don't even know why they would do that then. That's bizarre. Steve, it's never like Michael's told us. Or it's not like Michael's not uh, hasn't told us a story in the past yeah, that was I don't awkward know. about East Fife. Yeah. I don't know. I want a trip to Ireland. I might go over why, for it. Why, why not just pay them a per game thing or something like that? I don't know. That makes no sense. Um, I want to update a little bit on the East uh, standings. Obviously, you mentioned Atlanta and New York are, are vying for top spot. Uh, three through five is still up for grabs for seeding. Uh, New York is at 53. Philadelphia is at 50. They're actually paying, playing each other. And DC United is at 50. They are um, going away to Chicago. So those, they're all, all three of those teams are in, but it's just a matter of where they're going to sit. Obviously, Columbus still can catch them as well. So actually, if you think of it, three through six is potentially still up for grabs. Columbus and Montreal are still vying for that last spot. Yeah, Columbus is hosting Minnesota. Montreal is the way to New England. So you think, you know, it was a last minute penalty that uh, oh, ni- uh, Orlando. Oh, minute for yeah. Orlando, yeah. So that, that kind of cost them there. But I think Columbus can pull it out and still, you know. I, I think Columbus have Minnesota. got to be the favourites. Yeah, at this point. Which would then mean there'd be no Canadian teams in the playoffs. And Don so, Garber gets his wet dream come true. Yeah, but it's, it's hard to grow interest in the league then if that happens. It's like... You mean continue to grow because the last two years have been pretty heavy on Canadian true, I guess, Canadians true. contributing to dynamic playoff experiences. Last bit of MLS chatter. There was lots of talk when Wayne Rooney came to, to DC United this summer. He was past it. Why would you want to play like that here? 12 goals now since joining in the summer. Is that better than uh, uh, DJ? I can't remember. I think it might. Oh, did you see Didier's goal? No. In the USL playoffs. Oh, for uh, Free kick from about 35 or 40 Phoenix? yards out, yeah. 
absolute beauty. One anyway. of the one of the games he played in. Yeah. He, well, he's by, he's written a, a thing for the USL soccer website about his career winding down and stuff. But yeah, I mean, Wayne Rooney has been phenomenal since he came here. Helped DC get into the playoffs. We've always said we don't want one of these aging guys. Now, he's not old, old. He's still in early 30s. Should we re-look at that policy or should we be look, building around young DPs? You're talking about the Vancouver Whitecaps? Yeah, White Whitecaps. White yeah, I... The Rooney thing, okay, yeah, there's a couple of factors. One, yeah, he's over 32 or 33 or whatever, but he also started playing at 16 at a high yeah. level in a lot of games. Uh, so I know that was a concern for a lot of people. But you're, you do have there – there are some players where you know you know what their levels are, what they're capable of, what they are – you know, what they might contribute on and off the field or whatever. And Rooney seemed – and I, maybe this is contradicting stuff I've said in the past, but Rooney seemed like a fairly – at least it's maybe not a safe bet, but like I think you would feel better that thing. You, I think you felt positive things were going to turn out rather than you know thinking that they were going to go bad. But you got like you got to figure things out because like, when you look at there have been guys they brought over that were were not good or oh, yeah. or mixed. So you look at Steven Gerrard in his time in Liverpool or his time in um in at yeah, the Galaxy yeah. was not good. And no. you talk, you talk to players. And then you look at Frank Lampard who had a whole different mindset, came and played in turf and did all these things and And he, he had a bit of a mix, I think, cuz because of the issue of not coming right away mm. and whatever. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like but like Gerard, it was good off the field in terms of selling shirts and tickets probably for them, but the on-field thing did not work out because he it felt like his heart wasn't in it, which you could have in some I think some way predicted. If you know Steven Gerrard, he's like a Liverpool player through and through and all that all that kind of stuff. Where with Rooney, like he's younger and he's played at multiple clubs and you've seen him give his all for or multiple two clubs. What one of Steve's boys? You've seen him give I him, think, give his all. I think he would have it would have been a difference if he came directly from Man United to DC. I think that would have like maybe he would have been the same as Gerard, the kind of thing where he was leaving but he had that moment the that Year, little time in Everton yeah. or whatever. Um I, I think you know a guy like that. It all depends on, the, like you said, it depends on the mentality the guy comes in with. Rooney seemed to lift everybody up, mm-hmm. and it, the the play that you you're always gonna uh, single yeah, out yeah. is the one where he chased back the guy. Yeah, uh, when it was when, when Osted was in the box. Yeah. was in the David box, Oster. and the and the coach is going, "Why is he up there?" or something yeah, like yeah. that. And he was making ben, ben Olsen was saying, "I don't know why he went up there," but uh, Rooney came back, tackled him, and then sent in that cr- beautiful yeah. cross, and it was finished, and they won the game. That that really right there is the 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 kind of season in a. In a nutshell, for Rooney and uh, what he meant to the team after. I'll be honest, he has made me rethink whether it would be worth bringing someone like that. And you Kai gotta Kamara be, has as well. You gotta be careful though. You yeah. gotta be careful on who it is. Has to be you gotta right talk guy. to the guy. Has to be the right fit. Tell him you're a guy not... that knows he's playing on turf. Yeah, that's gonna say that. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta yeah, let well, me you explained that turf is not grass. Yes, exactly. No. Mary Robson. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I think, I think, yeah, and also it's the it's the situation because I think with. I think with DC, one of the things was it wasn't just bringing in a big player or whatever. It was like being able to say to him, hey, we want you to help open our stadium. You know, like we want you to help set the tone. You know, you look at a team like San Jose, they could have done that, but they chose to, you know, stay with, the, you know, Wondolowski as like the guy who will help them move into the stadium. You know, like Vancouver, I think, has an opportunity despite the grass and uh, other things working against them. They have an opportunity because they, <laughs> I missed that. What was that gesture? Okay. Oh, sorry. Okay, yeah. Um, 
they have this opportunity because they're at a they're at a place where they need to kind of redo the whole club, right? Like they re- they really yeah. need they really need to shake things up significantly. Just rethink everything. Really? Yeah. Totally. And I mean, uh, uh, expansion 2.0 for the Whitecaps. That's what it kind of feels like. Yeah, it almost that, is. I hate that language, but yeah. yeah. So, last thing in this part, we briefly mentioned the USL there and Didier Drogba's goal, but we have to give a huge shout out and a huge well done to Alan Koch, Spencer Ritchie. FC Cincinnati got their first ever playoff win on Saturday. They beat Nashville 6 5 in penalties. There was 1-1 after extra time. Both goals coming in extra time. It was 0-0. Spencer Ritchie was man of the match. Had a number of fantastic saves as Nashville nearly pulled off the shock. They play Red Bulls 2 now next Saturday in the Eastern Conference semi-finals. So, Alan's done great there. Spencer's done great. He was kind of splitting time a little bit with Evan Newton. Yeah, but he Evan took Newton over. Evan looked like he was the starter, but then, yeah, yeah he's, he took over. he's made the number he's, one spot his. And he's been play, named Player of the Week sometimes Player or of the so? Week. Yeah. He's had lots of Man of the Match awards. We, is, we do not have him back here. Is that the year. first Whitecaps alone that's worked out for the player? It seems to have, because yeah. it hasn't gone great did, for the guys down in Fresno. It didn't David look, Norman's yeah. only really playing under-20 football over at Queen of the South, which at least is playing. I, it didn't look like it was going well at first, like you said. It didn't. It, yeah. it looked like it was going to be another one of those moments, but it it worked out well. Yeah. And I think he will. They'll probably make a transfer deal where they trade him, and then they 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 don't pick anybody, or they have maybe they force yeah. him to pick somebody from our team to get him off our roster. Yeah, I. So I oh, that'd be interesting. You can have Spencer Ritchie for free if take you take Brexit. Oh, right, no, no Brexit won't be. Oh yeah, if you are. Yeah, Blundell. Yeah, we've solved it. Sorry, Alan, but there you go. Um, I'd hope to get Spencer on the show tonight, but unfortunately I, my voice wasn't up for doing a phone interview, so we might be getting him on the show next week. But that is it for this part. We will be back with the final part after this. Hello, it's Kai Kumar, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. It's like I don't care about nothing, man. Roll another blunt. Yeah. I was gonna clean my room until I got high. <laughs> I was gonna get up and find the broom, but then I got high. My room is still messed up, and I know why. Why, man? Yeah. Steve's selection there. I thought it would be appropriate for this week. Because the Whitecaps are on a high after storming back. Legalization again. You are listening to the Oh, you have been sick. You haven't even realized that happened, did you? No, I've I've (laughs) hardly left the house in the last two weeks. You're listening to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. Now it's time. For my favourite part of the show, it's wavelength time. And this might surprise you. We're going back to a punk band. We're going back to 1979. And it's a Dutch band. (laughs) They're called Speed Twins. And I think this just just sums up how I'm feeling after the Whitecaps season. This is We Hate Football. 
Happy twins there. We hate football. I didn't like the beginning of that. Red is the colour. Yeah, whatever. Huh. Donald Flynn would like that for wearing red next week. And if we're talking about wearing <laughs> he red... He messaged back and said, no, not black, yeah. you have to wear red. If we're talking about wearing red, Canada, let's just quickly mention them. Great win for the men. Highest ever home victory, which surprised me because it was only 5-0. And it should have been more. Yeah. They uh, needed it to be more. Well, yeah. th- at this point, because it's the 5 nothing win, they are sitting third uh, behind Curacao and Haiti. And they needed to be, what, 8 or 9 to be top? Top, they top needed, six they goes needed, into the yeah. next round. No, no, but I mean the goals. Another two, would have, they would have been tied for the top, and, and uh, they three, actually yeah. would have had more because they would have had more goals for. Yeah. So uh, two goals would have been two more. Two goals. No, okay. enough to be top spot. But the problem is, is the next two games are going to be the toughest. they got to play St. Kitts and Nevis. Atiba uh, that's Harris, just one baby. country. Atiba Harris. And then they got to play French Guyana. Do you see a terrible so those Atiba Harris's the, goals? So there were some nice goals. No. Yeah. If they if they if they uh, win and draw one, they should be able to get through on the, in I, the top six. I, I think a team is enjoying no. the Nations League. I think if they they have no, to win remember. both, I no, don't no, no, think no. they can afford no, a draw. No, no, no. You, you, you remember all the uh, you, we played a team uh, from the pot D. Uh, this game was against pot C. Now we uh, we're gonna play pot B, which is St. Kitts and not Nevis. There's too much pot, and then we're gonna be playing pot A. So every like all the pot A teams have to play each other too. So they're all, all those teams that you have a high goal differential. They're going to be playing each other at the end. So Cuba's got to play. Curacao's got to play somebody in that same group. Mm. We're actually playing one of the weaker top A teams, French Guiana. Oh, right. Because they're like right now in 16th spot right now after playing their weaker t- games. So everybody's playing even games and everything like that. So I know it, it seems like it, the first two I, games was more important to get the goal differential up, I, but the second ones are the ones that are going to be the more important ones. I don't think you have this in headlines, Steve, so I apologize if, if I'm reading headlines, but I didn't see this one. Um, have you heard some of the feedback about the about the Nations League? No. In CONCACAF? No. Uh, I can't remember the whole story, but basically there's a um, s- significant, let's say, nine or ten, Nations in CONCACAF that have just said to CONCACAF, we don't want to be part of this. We can't afford this. We can't afford to be traveling for all this. To get hammered, yeah. Well, I don't even think it's to get hammered. I don't hammered. think you can afford beer. I don't, I don't think they can afford to get, is what they're saying. So, mm. Which really sucks because this seems to be going well. That makes sense though as well. Well, the, the, the Nations League seems to be going well in Europe, but that's because they're, they're starting at a defined point. What's happening right now with the Nations League is qualifying Right. It's oh about- yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, and of course you, your boys are going down. <laughs> it's been it's been fun to to see people You're going piling. down with Dominica, <laughs> down with Dominica. Oh man! If Scotland get promoted, we might end up playing each other. In in like how many in years? Group B. <laughs> how many years? <laughs> um, but no. So so I think there's there could be some interesting things that come of this. Yeah. Or they could revert to like old CONCACAF ways of being like, okay, well, once you're in this pot, then we'll just have a tournament on this island. You all show up mm. and we'll save some money that way. See, or in Europe, knows. I think it works, though, because you do have the promotion and relegation yeah. through it. But here, it just it seems farcical. And obviously, you haven't sold it to the Canadian public. Just over 10,000 turned up. It looked even less. But obviously, you don't see what's behind the, the camera. The because we had it on, my wife's like, there's no one there. I was like, yeah. Yeah, it was interesting. You could hear very clearly what chance the Voyagers were doing because yeah. the stadium was so empty. Yeah, I don't know. There might have been a game, um, like a, it could have been a Maple Leafs game that day. It could have been a Raptors game. I think they opened their season this year, so Why who would knows? you have it in a CFL stadium, though? I mean, I they know, should have had it in point. a soccer-specific <laughs> stadium. You mean like BC Play? Yeah. 
As Javinko says, as Javinko says, there's just too much sand there. Definitely. If it's not good enough for Javinko, it's not should be good enough for us. And big hat tip as well to the women. They've made it yes. to the World Cup alongside Scotland. No, yeah. that must be a big achievement for them. Scotland, as reported, well, huge for Scotland, as reported in headlines last week. Yes, uh, hopefully uh, it was as we talked about last week. It's disappointing. I'm really disappointed that Christine Sinclair did not get more goals. Yeah, but um, but I they, really hope she'll. They still lost be able the to final record. to the states two 0 I think. Are, are we ever going to beat the states? Maybe Har's the reason they're not winning, man. She, maybe she needs to not go to these games. Maybe. She's in Wisconsin just now. Yeah, she's watching a baseball series. Milwaukee, LA. Hmm. Huh. Weird. The, uh, yeah. It'll, uh, hopefully they do it at the World Cup, Steve. Or, Mike, that's the answer. Yes, that, that would be the time to do it. Yeah. Knock them out in the quarterfinals would be the best. Well, they almost had them in, if, in London if it yes. wasn't for that whole... Well, they did cheat. The Americans? They held onto the ball too long. Oh, please. <laughs> anyway, now it's time. Wait, 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 second. How many times have you seen that called since then? Uh, I think in the Evil Stick First Division game between Dulwich Hamlet and Tunbridge Angels. Right, I so one other it. time. And how many other times has a keeper held onto the ball for se- seven seconds or longer? A lot. Yeah. yeah. Well, they, they usually get a yellow card when that happens, yeah. not, not, a, not yeah. a free kick. Cheats never prosper. Anyway, now it's time for BC Soccer Web Headlines. Just get gold me- or bronze medals. Who wants bronze? <laughs> now it's time for BC Soccer Web Headlines. BC Soccer Web, your one-stop site for local, national and international news, stories and links. Make it part of your daily routine, morning, noon and night. BC Soccer Web Headlines. What's been catching your eye on the site this week, Steve? Uh, uh, not too much because I knew you were not going to feel well as you're walking away right now to cough in the other room. <laughs> um, so so um, uh, first story is a little follow-up from actually back uh, World Cup time. Uh, Iran's um, hardline prosecutor slams doors on Iranian women attending football. Um, Did he slam it in their faces? Uh, basically with the words, yes. Um, there was a, there was a friendly against Bolivia the, this week or whatever last week, and a handpicked group of 100 women were allowed to attend the friendly. They were uh, women's female women's players. Uh, they were uh, journalists. They were uh, fam- friends and family of the uh, Iranian Football Federation. Kind of, you know, they got like basically friends and family there, and it was a women's only section. Next day, the prosecutor general warned it will not happen again and will arrest anyone who allows women in the stadium. So he basically wow. shut the door there. He says that they were watching um, uh, half-clothed uh, men will lead these women into sin or something something to that Wait, effect. What does the Iranian national team wear? <laughs> What's their strip like? These it's just shorts and it's socks. Shorts, and yeah. Sure, that's yeah. all it takes for them, apparently. Uh, yeah, this, uh, it's unfor- that's unfortunate. Crazy stuff. Uh, yeah. Well, well, it's it's like everything that's happening in Saudi Arabia just now. The WWE is meant to be going back for a big wrestling event there at the start of November. But the those women, guys wear nothing. Yeah, but the women aren't allowed to go to the, ma- to, to to the actually, arena. The women wrestlers can't even. Yeah. wrestle. they're not allowed to even travel to Saudi Arabia because oh, okay. they don't allow women's wrestling. And they they were in one Arabian nation. They did go Abu for Dhabi. one match, they but they had Abu to Dhabi. they had to wear a full outfit, like not like full pan, like. From bottom to top, completely covered except for the hands and the face. 
So again, okay. But I will not, be uh, uh, just to let you know. I'm going to be actually canceling the WWE Network before that pay per view as protest, and then signing up again after. No, I don't think oh, so. Okay. I'll be done for that <laughs> for a bit. Another person who might not be playing in a certain country is uh, Arter Turan. Um, he's being loaned right now to uh, Istanbul's uh, Besiktas, uh, and he got in a little trouble at a at a, a nightclub. I think that's understanding. Yes. <laughs> Um, he's been charged with uh, sexual harassment, unlicensed possession of weapons, causing intentional injury over a fight he had with Turkish pop star Berke Sahin. Um, apparently, Ber- uh, his wife uh, claimed that Turan had harassed her in the nightclub uh, with suggestive remarks and then headbutted her husband during the fight, um, the ensuing fight. Turan has also been, this is the weirdest one, Turan is also accused of going to the hospital where Burka was being treated and firing his gun in the air, which is odd that he did that. But yeah, he, he could be, uh, prosecutors asking for a 12-year jail term, which is kind of does seem excessive, but anything over two years and he'll be banned from playing in Turkey for life. So not a good decision on that night. Uh, this is, uh, so, yeah, this is, sounds it sounds crazy. Like, sort of, have you got? He's he's a pretty decent player. I, I don't know that I can't I can't pronounce, I can't remember the names, but I don't know if you guys have been following what's been going on in Russia to kind oh, of yeah. to high yeah. profile guys. Oh yeah, I I, I, I was going to put that okay. in, but that was one of the final cuts. Yeah, yeah he they got in a they got in a skirmish and they're kind of facing. Uh, yeah, and they're from different clubs. Yeah, and, uh, there's some like, I mean, footballers need to understand that they're accountable for their actions, and so man, it's yeah, these are kind of. Shocking things. Yeah, it's weird that he would even get in the situation. But okay, here's another. Uh, here's a little bit uh, follow up on the Save the Crew uh, story. It was in the uh, Forbes. It was Bobby, by Bobby McManaman. Um, he talked about some of the stuff. First of all, a statement from the Haslam's. Uh, quick statement there. We value and appreciate the benefit of professional sports in the French. For sports franchises can bring to a community and are hopeful to be part of the solution to keep the crew in Columbus. We would invest a strong infrastructure within the crew organization. And uh, they go on and on to that. Um, they're, they're also looking forward to seeing how the process evolves. Now, what the breakdown is, and this is... Yeah, this is... This is not... Incredible. Uh, 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 this is what people are talking about. Apparently, Columbus will pay an expansion fee. I know. What so the they, so, hell? No, so l- l- I'll explain to you why this might be work for everybody, in fact. Uh, the Crew 1.0 player staff... Uh, agreements and all the other stuff, uh, property rights will be transferred to Crew 2.0. That's it'll be transferred. PSV, uh, which is Precord uh, Sports Ventures, and Austin FC will instead of receiving a uh, like being selling the club or whatever, they will receive a part of the expansion fee as compensation. So essentially, what this is is, and this this will actually benefit the rest of uh, MLS as well. Because they essentially is moving still the Columbus team over in a way, but uh, all the Columbus stuff stays in there, and then and then you just get another expansion team. So this is a look at what we what we predicted was going on. This is MLS's hand being shown that they had a deal uh, to make this all happen, yeah. and this is how they're gonna they're gonna be able to monetize keeping Columbus in Columbus. And essentially it's, what it's, it is... It's crazy. It's essentially the, the they've given up an expansion... Like it's a, the the Haslam's are paying pre-court's expansion fee. Yeah. Essentially that's what it is. But pre-court gets to keep part of it. 
So that, and also, Absolutely if you think of it, insane. all the other oh, MLS clubs will get part of it too. Because if it is, that's why that's why it's being that's why it's happening. Yep. That, that that's what that's what we talked about this uh, I think a week or two ago. That's what's keeping some of these MLS sides going is the fact that they're losing crazy money on, on the operational yeah. front, but they're making tons of money on uh, from some, and so this will keep happening as long as as long as people keep supporting it. And so I think teams really supporters really need to. Continue to take stands against these kinds of things. Uh, I, what I want to know and I want to see happen is what happens with that lawsuit with San Antonio. That that's because this you're seeing as you're seeing this playing out. Yeah. If you're them, you got to be like, okay, show us. You got to show us the money now because you screwed us. Yeah, they're the, they're one of the forget forgotten teams in all of this. Oh, and then you, if if Austin's getting an expan- uh, an expansion team or call whatever, well, there's a new team going to Austin. Then you, not only the San Antonio issue, but then you look at yeah, Sacramento and the other about teams. That two weeks yeah, ago, you're yeah. screwing Sacramento, who's probably got no chance now. I feel I have zero. Them. Yeah, zero yeah. chance. And the thing is, uh, my question is: Columbus, if Columbus, okay, the players stay there, but Austin's not an expansion team. Are they going to go through an expansion draft? How are they going to acquire players? Are they just uh, going to take? They're just going to create knows. a brand new team or whatever. I think they sure. need to kill the expansion draft. But yeah. Um. The a uh, little bit of CPL news. Uh, CPL mm. is zeroed in on seven teams for 2019. Mm. Um, as a quote from David Clanahan, we are zeroed in on the seven teams, obviously. I wouldn't say it would take a minor miracle, but it would take something very innovative to happen very quickly <laughs> to add an eighth team to 2019. I like I like the language of zeroed in. Yeah. So I'm, and, then, I'm, I'm, and miracle. <laughs> I am concerned that I, I think this... I think I wish they could get that eighth team. I yes. wish they hadn't put all their uh, eggs in the basket for Ottawa, or had done a little bit more investigating to see if they were interested and gotten maybe more from a response. Oh no, they were, that's the thing. They were interested. They were at the table all along. Mm-hmm. It's they don't like elements of what the CPL is doing. Again, we, I, I, hopefully one day we'll be able to talk about this in more detail. But you just got to follow the money. Who's making the money? Where they're making it? Who stands to lose money from them being and and things get a lot clearer. But Hopefully down the road we'll be able to spell that out a lot more. We could still do our Kickstarter for East Van Pfeiffers. <laughs> you could. Last uh, story we have is also from the CPLL. Oh, CPL, sorry, and some, CPLL. some wonderful news I feel to finish off yeah, with. Yeah, they're going to create the CPL U Sports Draft. Uh, it's going to occur on November 12th. Uh, the what? day after the Nationals, so yeah. it's going to be here in Vancouver. Cool. We get to see a draft. Mm-hmm. Um, so what it is? So I'll, I'll go over Take the, that Don Garber. So I'll, so I'll, I'll go over some of the details. It's going to be obviously for the uh, student athletes who have not graduated and still have years of eligibility to return to the university and continue in, in this in the sport. Um, if they're drafted, they will then be signed to a CPL team on a standard development contract as provided by CPL. Any drafted player that returns to the university following CPL season continue, and continues to meet their eligible the eligibility rules will go back into the CPL draft for the next year. So you, if you go back to university, you will go back into the draft. Um, let me finish here. Yep. Student athletes will be released to return to U Sports team on August fifteenth. Once the U Sports team has completed their uh, competitive seasons, playing commitments, student athlete may rejoin the. Team until the CPL playing commitments are completed. That's a though I, I copied the paste of this one, so that was a weird one. Uh, development contracts expire on the day after CPL team is finished with CPL or they're playing with commitments. So essentially, it's it's if a player's graduated, they get to go wherever they want. Yep. 
if a player is not or, one, gra- or wants to leave early. Yeah, or if a player uh, uh, is a graduate, they get to go to a team, play for the summer, earn some money, and then go back into university. So I think this is a really positive step by U Sport and the Canadian Premier League, especially keeping the eligibility thing. So they they have not done like the Americans and had these extremely rigid uh, eligibility yeah. rules. Which so that's great. My question is though, if someone if someone is taken in this draft and is contributing to a CPL side, there's no way they're going to go back to play for their school team because the CPL season is supposed to go April to October. And, yes, and, and they, the youth sport could, season could will be released they could early be, yes. or they could be released towards the end in time for the playoffs. So you could have a guy like, say, Tommy Gardner. Yeah. Lighten it up here. He hasn't decided yet whether he wants to, to continue in college, he's just year one at UBC. He could go and play the summer instead of playing PDL with, with TSS Rovers, go and play CPL, and then come back either for the whole college season or just towards the end and then play in the playoffs. Well, the season, the CPL season is going to end before the university season starts. No. I'm thinking, or no? No, no. It'll be a little April over to October. The, the, the U Sports season oh, is right. September yeah, 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 yeah. and October okay. with the playoffs going into November. Yeah. But I'm sure if the player is not getting enough time or something and they'll, they'll just release them to university. I'm sure there'll be some well, yeah, arrangements but like some that. Of, I mean, I think this is more for like year one, year two guys yeah, yeah. that maybe yeah. also aren't getting a lot of minutes anyway uh, with their with their their teams. With their university yeah. team? But if they're not getting minutes with their university team. But it's an extra body or, or squad player for a CPL team. A lot, of, a, lot of univer- a lot of coaches any level are going to play it, their veterans. It depends what level trust. the CPL is really going to be at. Is it just going to be initially a glorified PDL? Because PDL is quite good quality. Because you've got some of the top college players playing in it. Is that commentator bias, Steve, for Michael? It seems like it. Possibly. <laughs> but but no, no, no. But that, you're right. The CPL yeah. is going to start at a certain level mm-hmm. with the intention to grow from I'd there. I'd say it's probably going to be higher than PDL. But when you look, obviously we're only looking at the players that's in the trials. These are guys that aren't really that well known. They're going to add a lot more players. You've also got the likes of, for example, the SFU players. A lot of them have their eyes set on CPL. They can't qualify for this draft because of the NCAA eligibility. So those guys are more likely to just give up playing at SFU and go and play CPL. So you're going to have those guys. You're going to have a lot of other guys that are have played in USL and stuff like that as well. How much better than PDL it's going to be is what we're all going to have to wait and see in year one. I genuinely don't think it's going to be that much higher than, say, the top PDL teams. So you're saying between PDL and USL? Yeah. I I would <coughs> seriously be amazed if it's even at USL quality. But it all depends. It's like uh, U- USL has quite a range in quality, to be fair. True. But yeah, I know what you're saying. True. Like If you look at the, the top to middle of USL, I don't think it's at that. But it all depends also on the quality that they play. Like the the style they play, they can actually make it look a lot better than it is. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I go and watch VMSL most weekends and you see some fantastic games, but no one's saying that that's top-level football. Right, yeah. So, yeah, you're you're right, Steve. There's more than just the play on the field with this. Like, it's, it's, yeah. It's a a slow build and everybody has to realize it's going to be a slow build because that's the way you build a league. If you don't, you don't want to jump into it and then, uh, you know, use all your funds 
in the first couple of years, then you have nothing to look on the team to. side, but yeah. on the supporter side and on the, the community side. Oh, you could build that. Really oh, yeah. Quick. yeah. Yeah. You, you long That's for them to die. Totally different. Because yeah. if communities, uh, if communities choose to be a part of this, then that will enable it the, the level of play to grow even quicker. Yeah, definitely. I think players will be like, oh, I really like the atmosphere. I want to go and play there. Speaking, so, of, speaking of yeah, speaking, speaking of university, oh. um, any update, obviously updates on SFU? They're, they're, SFU they're on won their, their latest GNAC. They're still unbeaten on the season. It's 13 or 14 now. I'm kind of losing track. UBC lost their first match today because mm-hmm. they just played the fringe guys. It was the last regular game of the season. UBC are hosting their quarterfinal of Canada West on Saturday here at UBC. Six o'clock kickoff. SFU are at home on Thursday night as well. Seven o'clock up the mountain. Get up and watch some fantastic. Did stuff. you say Geniac's transferred from Tigris to SFU? <laughs> he has, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, uh, speaking of uh, atmosphere, uh, I've watched some games of the Goats this year. Uh, not obviously as closely as I did today's game, but I thought the atmosphere in the stadium was pretty good in the supporter yeah. end. But the it's kind of dead. It's kind of dead in in the rest of the stadium. Uh, yeah. um, but yeah. they were showing there's like, some empty seats as well. The, I think they were sold though. Uh, the problem is also that they they were showing. I understand Will Ferrell's in the crowd, but they were showing way too much of the crowd during the play, oh, and yeah. that that irritated. I don't know if that happens. Well, I don't there. know. Well, my favorite part of it was all the all the flag waving during play. Yeah, I'm right. sure you you would love that. You see, I, that? I saw that. I was appalled. Oh, yeah, I'm sure they're. Yeah. I'm sure they're, the people behind there. They must have been just exiting the this this the stand. As I tweeted out, let's get Seth Rogen involved, capoing for the Whitecaps. <laughs> Although Peter Zimmerman did send me a, a tweet saying that that would be the wrong thing, that it would be nice if owners and the likes of Mallet, Steve Nash, Seth Rogen would do capoing. Seth Rogen having, is the owner? No, like, <laughs> I, was, I was pushing him to be an owner. But if these people would come and capo without needing to get up on the big screen and get exposure and stuff. Oh, you, you're talking about Nash, obviously. Yeah, yeah, j- yeah. just do it for the, the love of it. But anyway, that is it for this week's show. Just before we go... Let everyone know where they can find you online. You can find me on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat. For me, it's at Zachary AM, and I'm a part of the Movement Curve Collective. I'm Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada, on Instagram at AFTN Soccer. You can probably find me sucking a fisherman's friend as well this week. Read all our stuff away from the numbers, AFTN.ca. And until next time, wear black. We're black. Thanks for listening. Take care. All that stuff. And more the black caps. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.
E F